Candace Crane, General Manager of Sheridan Honda and Power Sports. And this is I Want to Do That, Women Helping Women Explore the Outdoors. Today, our guest is Karen Moxie, and we are talking about mountain biking. So Karen, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. Okay, so we're talking about mountain biking, and I obviously know you through our friend group. You Absolutely. are also the owner of Pure Energy Fitness, a gym yes, in town that I'm also a member of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I asked you to be on the podcast because you recently got into competitive mountain biking. I did. At the age of? 46. That's incredibly impressive. Thank you. So let's talk a little bit about your experience mountain biking. When did you get into mountain biking, and why do you like it? I have been mountain biking off and on since I was in my teens. Um, and then when I was in my 20s, I lived in Hawaii and I did Fun. triathlons. Fun. And then I got into off-road triathlons, which is also mountain biking. Wait, wait, wait. There's an off-road triathlon? Yes. I did not know this. Yep. So it's like all of the normal events, mm-hmm. biking, running, I'm swimming. sorry, swimming, yep. biking, running, mm-hmm. but instead of road biking. So you mountain bike and you trail run. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's okay. awesome. It's called Xterra. It's super fun. Wow. Okay. So I did that for a lot of years. Okay. And then when we moved back to the mainland and then to Wyoming, triathlons are kind of hard to come by. Um, So I did a few here and there. And then I just started mountain biking with my family and friends. Yeah. And uh, my son, who's 16 now, really got into mountain biking because he had some great mentors. And then about two years ago, he said he wanted to compete in downhill mountain biking. Okay. So I am not the type of person to spectate. I know. I do know this not about at you. All. You're a bit competitive. <laughs> yep. Okay. And um, so all three of us, my husband, my son, and I are all doing the Northwest Cup Downhill Mountain Bike Series this whole summer. Okay. So hang on a second. So how did you, like, who taught you how to mountain bike? Did you teach yourself? I mean, obviously you were getting into <laughs> triathlons and whatnot, and, and I participated in a couple of triathlon sprints. So I, I know that there's some like training. I mean, there's a lot of training that goes into mm-hmm. it, but from a technical component, there's also some like technical training that you need to learn in order to compete at that kind of a level. But for mountain biking, like, did you just kind of teach yourself or how did you, how I did you it's, learn? It's been a combination of a couple of things. I mean, I definitely learned just from repetition and practice. And then I've had some great friends that were really incredible mountain bikers over the last really 30 years yeah. that have taught me um, quite a bit. And then I did actually attend two um, cross country trail mountain bike women's clinics. One okay. These are the ones like you've been telling me about yes, to go that to. I want you yes, to go to. As yes. I'm scared going downhill and you're yes. like, uh, go to these clinics. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I did one in Grand Targhee and then one in Big Sky. Montana. Okay. Yep. And the clinics, um, is it like multi-day or one day? And it's what usually, are they? Usually I think either a two full day or a two and a half day, like over a weekend. Okay. And um, yeah, it's just a bunch of women as young as probably in their 20s. They do do young girl groups. Um, mm-hmm. It's all women, though, and all women coaches. Um, the coaches are utter badasses. Yeah, I'm sure. And, um, yeah, it's super fun. You get a lot of um, critique. They videotape you. So it's really based on not just keeping up with the crowd, but really honing okay. your craft over the weekend. Okay, so what do you... So you've done all these activities. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're you're a crazy person. You're always on the go doing something. I like to move. Yeah, you like to move. So what is it about mountain biking that you decided you know, this much later in life, because obviously you had exposure to it when you were a lot younger, Mm -hmm. but now here you are in your late Mm forties and you are like, I want to compete. Like, what is it about this particular sport that got you excited to say, I want to not only make this investment in equipment, but start competing? I think it is very important as we age to continue to do things that scare the crap out of you. Well, that's a different perspective. Yes. Okay. And okay. this does. Um, I I have con- constantly told myself I'm not going to put a huge amount of pressure on myself if I get to a course that is out of my league. Um, and, you know, I'll just I'll spectate for the weekend. But so far, last weekend, we were in Whitefish, Montana, and that was the hardest course we had done yet. And um, it was 
scary. I didn't sleep the night before my first practice day. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, um, but it was fun because it pushed me beyond my boundaries, um, my comfort zone for sure. Um, I really want to stay healthy and safe because uh, I have to go back to work usually on sure. Monday. Yeah, you have so, a business. I yeah. mean, that whole like running a business thing is yes. pretty important. 100%. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's fun. The women, the, the class that I actually compete in is a 40 plus women's uh, beginner category. Oh, I didn't realize that they had like an actual beginner category. Yes. Okay, and it's that's awesome. Cool. There's usually about six to 800 racers every weekend. Um, there's been usually around 10 in my class each time. Wow. Um, and they're just other women that are, most of them are in the same boat I am. They have teenage kids that are racing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they love mountain biking. So. That's so cool. So let's talk about um, a little bit more definition around like what mountain biking is. So mm-hmm. I I learned to quote unquote mountain bike in the Midwest, which you was do just fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which was really just more, um, I'd say, you know, lighter kind of trail riding. So obviously I understand that mountain biking is meant to be off road, right? Mm-hmm. So you're not like road biking, but there's cross country biking. There's this enduro biking. There's downhill biking, which I know our friend group is into, and that's kind of where I draw the line. Like, I'm not comfortable with that. So can you kind of help the audience understand what are the different types of mountain biking? Sure. So there's cross-country and trail biking, which is what you can do locally. Um, The trails that are built around here, Red Grade Trails, um, Poverty Flats, Hidden Hoot, those are very similar to like a cross-country mountain bike race course. Which is um, not as going to be as extreme. Like it's not as technical. It's not as not as well. I guess red grade is a little bit more, a little bit more elevation. But like hidden hoot, we we did as a ladies mm-hmm. group recently, yes. and that was super fun. Yep. It was. I mean, you're you're still picking up pace and you're still moving, but it's not like the extremes, ups and downs, right. or a lot of the technical like rock gardens and roots and all that kind of stuff in the trails. Correct. And as you get into the higher levels of cross country racing, it definitely gets more technical. Okay. Um. But yeah. For the most part, it's, you know, equal ups and downs, a fair amount of work. You're using yeah. a lighter bike with a much larger amount of gears. Um, so there's like a, a wide range between heavy or hard and easy in your yes. gearing system. Oh, I didn't know anything about like that. Yeah. But yes, that's very true. Okay. Yeah. I like, I Next like time that. You're yes. at my house, I'll show you the backs of Okay. Okay. <laughs> and, um, and then enduro racing, which is actually super popular, but not something that I've ever done, is where um, they usually hold it at a ski resort. And then oh. they, they usually do multiple days and multiple runs and they're timed on their downhill run, but they actually have to ride their bike to the top of the mountain. Oh, okay. But they're not judged on that. Um, but it, it wears people out. And so, so this is more like advanced, like yes. that type of riding would be more advanced. Yes. Okay. But the courses are not usually as intense, um, as the DH or downhill racing. Okay. So the downhill racing <clears throat> are crazy friends. I would push you in that category like, as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sometimes that, not always. that's, that's a pretty extreme. You're taking, you're taking a ride, you're getting a ride up one way or another. Yeah. And then you put a much larger helmet on Mm -hmm. like a full full face, like motorcycle helmet. And you are just racing down the hill. Okay. So obviously that's, I don't do that. I don't participate in that. Maybe one I, I want to um, go with you guys sometime and camp and participate in the fun activities around that. But that's kind of where I draw the line. So I guess the point I'm trying to make is there's different levels of mm-hmm. this, right? Yes. Like you can, you could invest in um, a, a less expensive mountain bike and go like in town here to Hidden Hoot. You could go to Redgrade and have a great time. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be like flying down a mountain. Correct. If you're going to quote unquote mountain bike. Yes. Okay. 
So when you got into competing, like what types of, are you competing where you're racing against other people or are you competing where you're just racing against time? And are you doing that crazy, like full helmet thing or mm -hmm. what, like what type of competing are you doing? So when I race, I have, um, knee pads, arm pads, and then my husband and son also wear chest protectors. Um, I'm contemplating buying one. I just haven't yet. And then I have a full face helmet and goggles okay. Okay. that I wear. Um, uh, is all that required to be um, able nope, to just purchase? the helmet? Oh, just the helmet. Nope. Okay. There's guys out there that are in jean shorts and tank tops. Okay. I mean, uh, not yeah. probably safe no. but okay they're young preference invincible okay. <laughs> and then um yeah so uh we are racing against a clock and in some of the more competitive categories there's usually anywhere from like uh probably six to about 40 in each category depending on the there's cat three cat two cat one and pro and so cat oh. three is beginner and then it works its way down um and some of the teenage course like the the 16 to 20 ish year old classes are usually the most competitive okay um, especially as you move up in category because those are the kids that are trying to become pro sure sure um and so a lot of times you'll have the top one through five people in that category there might be less than a second difference in the winning time versus fifth but place. not against each other they're just no, going just one going person at a time okay so we start at the top and we get usually a 30 second increment and uh so that person takes off and it goes beep, 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 and then you go, and then you come up behind that person, and then the race director tells you, okay, when you hear beep, 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 you can go after the third beep, yeah. and then 30 seconds later, it does you just it, keep going. and then you go. And in the, I know you've shared with me that with these women that you're competing with, it's kind of like you're all in the same situation mm -hmm. of like, I don't know that I should be doing this or want to be doing this, but I know that I'm here. Yep. And rather than just spectating, mm -hmm. I can, you know, participate. There's a couple of them that are super competitive. Okay. They're, they're really nice, <laughs> yeah. um, but they're, yes, they're incredibly great athletes. And so. just to be clear, you don't have to compete in mountain biking. No. I have never once competed in mountain biking. Although I will say when we went out on the ladies ride, I was pretty proud of myself because I took the first position, yes. which I have never done you're before. Because yes. yeah, I'm a leader. Yep. I don't know about that, but I was feeling pretty confident. Yep. Most of the time I'm in the back because um, I like to not have the pressure of somebody being behind me, even mm -hmm. though I, I probably underestimate my riding skills. I'm just not as confident in that particular sport just as I am time. in other yeah. things. Yeah. Yep, and I like to sure. just be able to go at my own pace and I don't like the feeling of knowing that someone's like pressing up against me and do I pull mm -hmm. over? Do I do a faster? You know, it gets in my head. So normally I'm in the back, but when we went on our ladies ride, I felt comfortable keeping up. And then yep. at the end of that ride, I actually wanted to, you know, be in the front. But my point is that you don't necessarily have to compete to nope. mountain bike, but it is pretty cool in your situation that you got into competing later on, but you would still be riding if oh, yeah. you didn't, 100%. if you didn't compete. And I still do ride. I have, um, four other bikes at home that I ride regularly. So there's okay, no, so, sh no shortage of biking. Good. So perfect transition. So yes. let's, let's talk about how do we even get into this? Mm -hmm. I know when I got into it with my friend group in Minnesota, literally I, I rode a, a friend's bike a couple of times, um, just to see, Hey, is this something that I even want to do? Correct. I enjoyed it. So then I went to the bike store in Minnesota with some friends mm -hmm. and they kind of helped to guide me in terms yes. of what type of investment to make and you know what I should buy. So when we're talking about bikes, like if for, for listeners that are thinking, you know, I've always wanted to do this, mm -hmm. but I, I don't know where to get started in terms of what to invest in, mm -hmm. what type of bike do you have and what do you recommend for people who are looking to get into the sport or maybe to upgrade even to competing? Absolutely. So I'll think about too, like what is available in Sheridan locally. So we have um, some local communities that do uh, discovery nights. The Sheridan Community Land Trust does the discovery nights where yes. they'll do beginner, intermediate. We just had an advanced one last week. 
um, where people can come and get a little bit of coaching, maybe hit a trail that they were. Do they have to bring their own bike or do yes, you guys provide they their bikes? Yep. Okay. They have to bring in their bikes and helmets are required. Okay. Um, but sometimes even just coming and checking it out um, yeah. and seeing kind of what you might be interested in. I think a lot of it is trying to figure out what looks most appealing to um, to do. There's a lot of people that do the Dead Swede gravel race yes. and that's their introduction. Like many of those people have never mountain biked before. So that's, so you're not on the road. You're technically on gravel. Yes. And depending on the the length of the race that you're mm-hmm. doing, you could be climbing a lot or yes. like the 20 mile, I think you're gaining gaining and losing some elevation, mm-hmm. but it's not the most intimidating ride right. like it's the 100 mile point. would be yes. at any given point because you are climbing and declining so yeah. much in the 100 mile. Yes. And so I think a lot of it is what's accessible, what is um, maybe the least intimidating. So does maybe training for the 25 mile in the, or the 20 mile in the Dead Swede yeah. or um, or trying to, you know, go hit Hidden Hoot. Um, yeah. And then as far as that goes, um, you know, I'll always recommend our local bike shop, Sheridan yes. Bicycle Company. Yep, yep. Um, but uh, even just going, over there. they're great. But uh, <laughs> even just going down there and helping identify, you know, what size tire, what type of frame, what type of bike. Yes. Because um, that can all be super intimidating, especially when you're shopping online. Yes. And so having um, and sometimes they do consignments. And yes. so um, having options to maybe get maybe a higher end used bike versus a lower end new yep. bike sometimes is a better option. And finding like Discovery Night, you can find other like-minded people who bike and then you could borrow potentially their bikes yes. just to go out, you know? And I mean, that's again, for me, that's how I knew that I liked it. Just borrowed somebody else's bike, yep. even though I knew it wasn't gonna be the bike for me long-term, yeah. but, and then actually the, the bike shop that I was at in Minnesota also allowed me the ability to go on, try a couple of different bikes. I didn't go on any sort of like crazy trails but mm-hmm. just, just to get drive. on and, and feel it yeah. because the the frame is important mm-hmm. um the 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 type of bike so um hardtail versus full suspension mm-hmm. um i only have a hardtail meaning it's only got one suspension right but i think you probably have full suspension for the type of riding that you're doing i actually have a hardtail and um well, I have a rigid, a hardtail, and two full suspensions. Okay, so for so. people that are trying to like get into it, hardtail probably is a great starting point. Yes. So you um, have one suspension in the front, mm-hmm. which keeps the cost down, but you don't have both the suspensions. Which the drawback is when you're going downhill, you're not going to have as much cush, cush, cush. Yes. Okay, you're not have <laughs> as much cush. Term. Yes. yes. And the other thing about a hardtail too is that you only have one piece of kind of complicated machinery on that bike, so. If you're dealing with a uh, dual suspension bike, sometimes the upkeep um, and understanding how to maintain it is a little bit more complicated, whereas um, just a a hardtail with only the front fork is definitely a lot easier. It's a lot. I know the the one time I went on a a trip with my bike, well, I went on a trip with my bike a couple of times, but in Minnesota, I went with a a girlfriend for a weekend and I had a a bike situation that I had to have repair and I was able to do the majority of it. We still had to take it to a bike shop, but I was able to do the majority of it because my hardtail is a lot less complicated Mm -hmm. and a lot less expensive than the the full suspension and all bikes whether they're expensive or inexpensive they all take maintenance yeah and like even like the seat I remember last summer we were talking Mm -hmm. about you had this really perfect seat and my seat uh is not perfect and it was not comfortable and you know even something a little bit like investing in a nicer seat like Mm -hmm. getting a maybe a used bike or a bike that isn't as expensive but as you it riding it more and you enjoy the sport more investing in upgrading your seat or the cushioning on the handlebars mm-hmm. or you know there's little things that you can do to personalize the bike 100 yes for for your own um you know what what makes sense for you and it just takes practice and using your bike the more you use it the more you understand it okay so going to your local bike shop talking to your friends going to things like discovery night yep. what about gear so we talked a little bit about helmets mm-hmm. 
Um, I struggle with bike shorts. Mm-hmm. I have a real challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a larger seat, and I'm not talking about what's on the tip of my bike. Yep. And um, it's difficult for me to find bike shorts that are long enough and have enough flex in them yes. to move at a comfortable pace. And I still want the padding, you know, in my bike shorts. So and what, they have to be cute. And they, well, of course, I mean, you can't <laughs> be looking not cute when you're biking. So, yep. um, so what type of gear? Like, what do you wear? What do you have? What do you have in your pack? Like what, what's your, what's your preference from a gear perspective? So I usually have shoes that are just a flat shoe, but they're a biking shoe. Um, that, they're that, that, um, connect to this, to connect not, to not for the pedal, just, not for what I do around here. Those okay. are, I just wear flats, but they are a little stiffer. Um, I have a little bit of a Achilles tendon issues, so I can't just wear tennis shoes. Okay. Um, it, it but they do have feet. ones that you can clip into, mm-hmm. which are also pretty intimidating, um, but they also have ones now that are magnets. So yes. they have a magnet on the top of the pedal. They have a uh-huh. magnet on the bottom of your shoe. And when you put that shoe on the pedal, it sticks and it's like you're clipped in, but the good news is you're not. Yes. So if you, you get out when you want to, to take your foot out quickly, you you can do that. Or you can just go flat uh, shoed, which is, I, I do yep. the same thing. Okay. Yep. Um, so yeah, starting out with, you know, you don't need necessarily need great shoes, even a pair of tennis shoes or hiking shoes are fine. Um, and then, um, usually, you know, if I'm pedaling a lot, I'll wear shorts. When I race DH, I usually wear pants just because it keeps my skin on my body. Okay. Um, which is always a nice smart, plus. Smart, yeah. Smart, yeah. Good place <laughs> um, for it. And then, yeah, you know, t-shirts, jerseys. Um, I like gloves cause I have a tendency towards sweaty palms. Same. Yeah. I really prefer. And I feel like the gloves, the, the padded ones too, kind of help with the pressure mm-hmm. that you put onto your handlebars. Yep. It just, yeah. for me, I don't know if it's like a placebo effect or if it's real, mm-hmm. but I really feel like it it helps that pressure on my hands. Yeah, for sure. And I think certain people have a tendency, you know, to hand problems or not. So it just kind of depends on your body and your handlebars, your grips, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then honestly, I think the one thing I can't live without is a decent pair of sunglasses because I have to wear clear lens sunglasses. Same. That's I, why we have the same ones. Yes, I forgot. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so um, uh, because the tinted sunglasses for me when I'm going in and out of shadows is hard really challenging. Same. Um, but then also if you're behind somebody and it's dusty or you're going fast, your eyes yes. are streaming tears yes. and then you can't see. Um, well, so and there's rocks, there's rocks mm-hmm. and dirt that yep. will kick up. So you legitimately Three should branches. be wearing yeah. sunglasses to protect your eyes. So but, sunglasses yeah. are probably like the one thing I can't live without. Okay. And yeah. I also love to, I, when I first got into mountain biking, all of the shirts and like the tank tops often have the little zipper pockets uh-huh. so that you can put your stuff on your body yep. close to you. So if you're riding and you still need to grab something, yes. you have access to it. I can't bike without my fanny pack. And I know Me that sounds neither. really funny, but I love my fanny pack. Yes. I mean, I love a good fanny pack, generally speaking. But when I'm biking, that's like, I have to have it. Like, I feel like I can't. Well, and it's nice because you can put, you know, a tube for your tire. If you get a flat, extra tools, yes. snacks, yes. Um, my phone, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yes, so, yes, yes. Yep. Um, my family makes fun of my fanny pack, but they're always asking me, hey, can you stick well, this exactly. in Well, exactly. Then they me? want things to be put in the fanny yeah. pack, of course. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So we've talked about um, a little bit about, you know, what types of bikes to look for and what kind of communities to get involved in. So what what advice do you have? Like if you were to take a beginner out mm-hmm. with you, um, what would you make sure that they have or that they're prepared for? Let's just say it's someone who's in your circle of friends that has never rode before and, you know, says, hey, Karen, I really want to try this out. I'm intimidated because mountain biking definitely can can seem very intimidating Mm -hmm. and I I personally am intimidated by a lot of components of my mountain biking which is why I know my limitations and I know what I like and I know what type of technical ground I'm comfortable on and what I'm not 
Um, and so, you know, I, I'd arrived at that level, but if you had a beginner that you were taking out, what, what would you make sure that they were prepared for on that first ride? I think a lot of times, often I'm going to look at their bike when they pull it out of their car and make okay. sure that their tires are at the proper inflation because too much is not fun. Too little is not fun. Okay. So let's talk about that because yeah. I never, I am notorious for just taking my bike yep. out and I just go. So, um, the tire pressure can be found on the tire, yes. right? The recommendation. And usually that's way higher than you actually want to go. Okay. Because the higher the tire pressure, the, the, the faster, harder. the harder that yes. bike's going to roll, the faster mm -hmm. it's going to go. So by letting out some air, you're actually able to control, in theory, control that bike. And create a little more suspension because it's a little oh, more cush. a little more cush. Yeah. That cush. Okay. Yep. The technical cush. Okay. Yes. So you're going to, you're going to check their tire pressure, which means you need to have a um, bike pump and a tire pressure gauge, mm -hmm. right? With you. Yep. It's okay. nice to have a bike pump. Um, most of the bike pumps have gauges on there. Um, and a lot of times over, uh, I kind of know each tire on each of my bikes. And so I just know by feel kind of a, sure. and you know, I know my mountain bike, um, with my slightly bigger tires, it's, it's like a ripe peach. Sure. Um, when my gravel, yeah. I like it. I like my it. gravel bike is a little bit more like a, um, well-cooked pizza crust. That's kind of oh, ripe yeah. peach versus well-cooked pizza crust. Everything okay, has to do I with like that. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, so making sure that, you know, they're, um, has their chain been lubed or is their bike in, in generally decent maintenance? And if not, is there anything that I can do before we ever get on the trail? Okay. Um, and then as soon as they jump on, it's, are they, are they fitting on their bike properly? Is their seat post in the right position? Because yes. a lot of times, um, you'll see people that have too much tire in their or too much pressure in their tires yep. or their seat post is too high or too yes. low and they're miserable. That has happened to me mm -hmm. with, um, all of it. It's happened to me with having too much tire pressure and I, and I felt completely out of control. Yes. Um, it's happened to me where I was extending my legs too much. Mm -hmm. Um, my seat was too yep. high. And then it also happened to me most recently, um, that the bike shop fixed where I was out too far in front yep. and I was leaning over. And so on shorter rides, I didn't notice it as much, but when I started to go on longer rides, Mm -hmm. I was like, I hate this. Like, I'm not comfortable. Yep. I don't like this. My back hurts. My shoulders hurt. And then I start to, you know, question myself and I lose my, my confidence in the way that I'm riding. And all I want to do is get off the bike. Right. And, and then someone said, Hey, you're, you know, you're leaning too far out. Like you're not, you're not properly fit for your bike. Correct. Your bike's not properly fit for you, I yes. guess is really what it should be. And a few minor changes. And it was a game changer yeah. in terms of how comfortable I felt on the bike. Your bike's like a pair of shoes. You know, if you're going to hike 10 miles in a pair of shoes, they better fit well. Yeah. That's so, a, that's a good yeah. point. Okay. So you're going to check those things. And then once you, once they get on the trail, like mm -hmm. what are, I know you've coached me. What are some of the things that you would coach a beginner on is as, you know, as they're riding on, you know, first the dirt, then the gravel, and then maybe, you know, we're, we're actually getting, maybe we're going through like a rock garden or yep. there's, there's some roots in the ground, or we've got a little bit of elevation that we're either climbing or we're declining on. Like what, what type of advice would you give for people who are doing that? The first one is always breathe. Breathe. Um, okay, yes. That's good, very important that's to remember, breathe. but just slowing down. I think when people get into a situation that they're not comfortable with, they have a tendency to get tight yeah. and nervous and feeling yeah. rushed. And yeah. so it's, just breathe and just know that you want to be able to take your time. Um, I've coached women out at Hidden Hoot in those berms yes. with the turns that were constantly, you know, slamming on the brakes and going over their handlebars in yes. the steep turns. And so what it was, it wasn't a matter of um, skill or knowledge. It was that they were going too fast and they were okay. breaking too late. Okay. So if I could get them to go into those turns yeah. slower, um, they get to the bottom and they're, oh, oh this is fun. fun. Yeah. It's not terrifying. It's so, actually a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. So I think um, just not trying to rush, um, not trying to go too fast too soon. Um, don't ever measure yourself to anybody else yeah. for sure. Because mm -hmm. um, it's supposed to be fun. Yes. Whole point. Yes. And so. I've had to, I've had to remind myself of that as well. Me too. Um, so what other resources would you recommend that people can turn to like 
maybe they've tried it a couple times, they want to get better, or they're still like, oh, I don't know, I just, you know, I don't know if I'm ready for this. Like, what other resources besides one that you've already shared mm-hmm. would you recommend that people can look into to get ready to participate in this or maybe to take it up a level in, in terms of their riding ability? So like for DH, um, even at a lot of these ski resorts, they do have rental bikes and they have rental bikes that you can take on the cross country trails. Oh, nice. Um, Big Sky has a huge rental fleet Um, and it's pretty affordable. You know, for a half day, you can go out and ride a bike for a couple hours, maybe get on a bike that you wouldn't be able to normally try. Like more expensive, like a full, like if Mm -hmm. I'm on a hardtail now and I want to try a full suspension to see if that's like what really, I mean, I guess I've never actually ridden your guys' full suspension. Mm -hmm. So I know that, I mean, I know cost-wise they're a lot nicer and they look cool. It's going to ruin you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I've never, I've never, and, and my. My, my mountain bike has much thicker um, wheels because mm-hmm. I was thinking that I could try to get away with using that for Plus fat tires. tire biking as yes. well. So they're not technically fat tire mm-hmm. um, size, but um, I had a friend recently come over to my house and he was like, oh, you have two fat tires. I'm like, no, one is a mountain bike. One's fat and one's plus. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's a a really good, I should have described it that way. Yeah, Yeah, because my mountain bike is plus. But I, like, just emotionally, I feel better with Uh that size of tire. I think it probably slows me down a bit. But I just, I don't know, like, I just like that fatter tire. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe I'll get to a point at some point in my career in mountain biking where I want to go to a smaller tire and I can pick up some of that pace. But Mm -hmm. where I'm at right now, that, you know, that fatter one. Yeah, that fatter one works. Okay, so trying on other bikes, what what other recommendations do you have? I also think that... um, Nicer bikes or more um, suspension doesn't necessarily mean more advanced. Um, I rode a hardtail for a long time after when my son was younger and we weren't quite ready to invest in new bikes yet. Yeah. And I thought, I don't need a dual suspension bike um, or full suspension. I don't need a fancy bike. I'm not good enough to yeah. ride a fancy sure, bike. Sure, sure. Then I got on the fancy bike and realized the reason why it's fancy is because it's re- really fun. Okay. Um, and, so, <laughs> and you felt comfortable on it. Yes. Yeah. And so I think, um, you know, Buy what you can invest in, buy what you can afford, um, and don't be intimidated by, you know, if it's it's fancy, um, fancy means fun. Um, and and if you can't afford a super expensive bike, you know, using resources like the bike shop um, or friends that know bikes to make sure that you're getting into the right bike. We have a friend right now that has a little bit of a limited budget that's looking into more of a DH bike. Sure. Um, and he is, he asked us the other day, he said, should I get a, a new bike with not as good components or, and we said, no, absolutely get a, maybe a three or four year a old used bike. bike. Yeah. 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 Um, your money's going to go a lot farther. And, um, and that was just something that he didn't know. So, um, yeah, I think. So looking um, on like Facebook, looking on um, pink bike is a good one. Oh, pink bike. Pink okay. Bike. Um, but it's always a little bit, you know, you're buying something large in the mail and you don't know the person you're buying it from. Sure. So you do have to be careful with that. So um, going to your local bike store, obviously mm-hmm. we've got a great yep. one here, but other, other places mm-hmm. as well. Just go to your local bike store, let mm-hmm. them know kind of what you're looking for. Chances are they may even have one on consignment yep. or they might have a used one there. And if they don't, they're seeing all of the yes, people they in know town everybody. that have all yeah. the bikes and, and people are always looking to upgrade and trade out. So that's another option too. Casper, Billings, Spearfish, and Bozeman all have huge cycling communities. Okay. Um, so a lot of times if you get on um, some, there's a lot of Facebook pages for those areas. Yeah. And so a lot of times you can find a used bike and actually go, you know, test drive it before you buy it. Which is okay. Great. So last question. Yes. So you again, got into competing uh-huh. and you are kind of turning over a new leaf in terms of this particular hobby. I know you have quite a few hobbies, mm-hmm. but this particular hobby, I, I know I was just unbelievably impressed when I heard that you decided to compete. And, yes. I, and I, first I was like, oh my gosh, like, how did she get ready for that? How is she training? Cause I, I know you, and I know that like, you don't do something halfway. Like you, you, when you do something, you commit to, to commit to it, but it was really, it was just so cool to hear the story about, you know, 
I'm here with my my son. I'm here mm-hmm. with my husband. Uh, my son's obviously competing at a pretty high level. He's young. He's getting into this. My husband was like, why the heck not? I might as well yep. do this too. And I think he had done it. Had he, had he competed in the past? We were all brand oh, new. So you guys are all just deciding as a family to yep. get in the competition. But so um, what advice do you have for women that are listening and have thought to themselves, you know, I really want to try that. I really mm-hmm. want to do that. But I'm just... I don't know, like I'm, I'm nervous and what if I crash and what if I fall or what if I don't know what I'm doing or like maybe the biking community seems a little intimidating to get into and like those people, they like, they, they look the part and you know, yeah. I don't look the part. So like what, what advice do you have for those women that just want, need to get over that hump or want to get over that hump, but don't know how? I think take it one step at a time, but don't be afraid to put yourself out there, whether it's attending a spin class, attending a group ride, um, you know, talking to people that you know that ride and, and finding things that are going to be suitable for you. Um, as far as beginner rides or even intermediate rides. Um, I meet so many men and women that want to ride more, but then we have a group ride and, and they're intimidated and they don't come. And it's actually the perfect situation. Just because they feel like they're going to be the worst rider right. or whatever, yes. which I, uh, listen, I get it. Cause I, like I said, yeah. I like, <laughs> I like to be in the back. Like yeah. everyone's like, well, come on up at the front. Like, no, 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 I am the most comfortable in the back where yeah. I can just be. And if something happens, it happens. Cause right. you're, chances are you're going to fall. Like you're going to probably come off your bike and it's, and it's okay. Like you're, sometimes it's actually really good for you mentally to just get over, just to have it happen. I I actually, it happened to me on like, I think my third ride and you're right. Like I was like the anticipation of it happening was way more intimidating than it happened. It obviously wasn't necessarily super pleasant, but it wasn't the end of the world either. You know, you you, didn't die. You didn't die. Got a couple (laughs) scraps or a couple uh, scratches and some scrapes and get up and you dust yourself off and you get back on and you do have this like, almost this like feeling of confidence after it happens because it just happened, you know, it just happened. But again, depending on your, your comfort level with risk, obviously I'm not doing as much risky stuff as you're doing. So if I were to take a tumble, it's probably not going to be as significant of a tumble as if you were to take the tumble when you're going downhill. But at the end of the day, like that's what gets you excited and that's what you love. And I honestly, I think I like more of the uphill than I do the downhill, which is crazy because I've gotten into spin, um, pretty significantly in the last few years, ever since COVID. And I love spin classes and now I love climbing. Whereas prior to spin classes, when I did mountain biking, I hated climbing. And now I'm like, okay, I love the uphill, the downhill. Yeah, it's great. You can take a little bit of a break, but I'm way more intimidated by the downhill Mm -hmm. than I am the uphill. And it's both are just skills. The more you do it, the more comfortable you become. Okay. So basically what you're saying is don't be scared. Just Just, ride more. Just ride more. (laughs) Get out there and find your community and give it a try. And you never know. Maybe you'll pick up competitive racing. Who knows? Yes. In your late 40s. Sometimes I think I'm a little crazy, but I'm having fun. Okay. Well, that's. And my son thinks I'm cool, I think. So that's Well, you know what? The fact that you guys are doing it in a family is also really cool. And I'm sure that there are clearly other women out there that are experiencing the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Kudos to you. And thank you for sharing your thank knowledge. You for having when, me. When's your next race? Um, August 4th in um, Kellogg, Idaho. Okay. Yeah. Well, good luck. I can't thank wait you. to hear about it. Thanks. Thanks so much.